Welcome to Tanked Up, the weekly podcast all about video games and craft beer. You look at me like I've done something wrong. All about video games and craft beer. <laughs> you just you have to change it. You're now not even pattern ma- like pattern matching. Like first it was the inversion of which one, but the pattern's the same. And now you're just 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 fucking with me. Just, just I, I've got to. I've got. I've keep you on your toes just to see if you can pick these things out. Oh, I'm Ben, and I'm joined by Adol. Hey, hey! You had a busy weekend. I did traveling I, and stuff. Yeah, I uh, I spent the week, weekend, well, Thursday through Sunday, at uh, <laughs> a, a university style weekend, um, in a little place called Oxford. Or as the Scandinavians say, Oxfjord. Um, <laughs> I I immediately just have been calling it the Oford, yeah. Um, because of all the places to have a stupid ass hick sounding name, Oxford is definitely one uh, at the top of the list. Like the Thames is it's basically at the head of the Thames, right? So it's basically yep. a tiny, tiny streamlet of a river. And um, as we're walking on the along the bike path uh, to get into town from where uh, my buddy Fenner lives, there's just rowing crews, just rowing, practicing like like the the I don't know I'm gonna say skip because that's the captain of a curling team and that's the best I can do. Uh, <laughs> as a little boom mic, so they're not yeah, even yeah. like calling out with their like diaphragm and lungs. They're just like like wireless mic, yeah, yeah, giving critiques and like oh that's. Of course, it has to have technology somewhat. And then the best thing happened. On the bike path, I shit you not, 40% of the cyclists were coaches of rowing teams riding alongside, <laughs> yelling at them, pick up your arm, make a C. It's just like, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. And then like, one or two of the sort of older, more portly looking people who just seemed to be trundling along, I was like, okay. And then right at the end, they started yelling at someone about their rowing. I'm like, oh, even you. Or just nice. the rowing coach. Nice. Uh, kind yeah. of exactly what you expected then. Yeah. It was, I, lit, I, I turned to my friend who's originally from America um, and was like, there's no way you could confuse this for anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And sadly, in the past week, of course, also uh, our um, drunken pub prediction came true. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Let's we don't have to touch on. that. I just needed to acknowledge it. Yes, yes. We, we can talk about it when Politics Four is released with the uh, you know like Annihilation Simulator. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> there, there was actually a 2016 Political Machine or whatever that one's called uh, expansion. Oh, was it? Yeah. Wait, were you thinking of democracy when you said Politics Four? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I think yeah, democracy exactly. Like, That's exactly what I was thinking of. Politics for what's that? It's just a new way. What is new politics, politics for, Ben? Exactly, exactly. Right, this beer. Let's open the beer up. We are drinking this week. Uh, well, the first beer of the episode is going to be a good chemistry brewing Red Star Rye. Nice big six hundred and sixty ml bottle, five point three percent. I'm going to open this up and. 
get it in a glass and let Adol describe. Sounds good. Um, it is. We've taken the full-bodied sweetness of a red ale and given it a spicy rye edge. Add in robust hits of American hops, and you have a beer to savor in all weathers. It contains malted barley, wheat, and rye, and is vegan-friendly. 28 IBUs, as uh, Ben said, 5.3%. It is 72% hoppy, 59% malty, 63% bitter, 45% sweet, 70% body, and it suits 64% overcoats, 31% galoshes, and 79% layers. Now, I find this odd. I'm not going to say the gravities because we never do that, but um, they, it does say that on good chemistry bottles. I find this odd when they say uh, a beer to savor in all weathers, but it only suits things that are in sort of crummy weathers. Yeah. Galoshes and yeah. layers. It definitely sort of spoke to us as a slightly more autumnal yeah. beer. Um, yeah. Really, just based on what this beer suits, I suppose. But yeah, uh, we've had a couple of like red ales, a couple of rye red ales. Um, I think most notably the Beaver Town. Is it Magic Eight Ball? Imagine maybe I might be getting that wrong, but possibly. And I seem to think we very much enjoyed it. Maybe that was Alex and myself, yeah, rather, I don't than, uh, rather than you. But oh, um, it was also yeah. made by Kelly and Bob. I think Kelly and Bob make all of the beers, don't they? I know. I just realized that we never read that line. No. <laughs> little shout out to Kelly and Bob for making this beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's, is it's, uh, almost like a um, store-bought iced tea in coloring. Yeah. But, but very, it's very dark, isn't it? Yeah. It's a real, real brown. It's almost kind of like the same kind of nuky brown kind of color. Mine's very opaque. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the reason why I was thinking like an uh, like an iced tea, like like made almost like an iced tea made out of a powder. I don't know if you have that here. No, no, I've never encountered that. Actually, I do know because it came up on the weekend. But I, <laughs> re, re, I just called back a conversation in a different town with different people. Nice. Tang, have um, you heard of Tang? Uh, yes, it's a powdered drink. This looks like oh, okay, right, okay, cool. Tang, oh, it's got good. A l- lovely, um, that maltiness and, and sweetness mm. there in the nose immediately. Yeah, you get a lot of the sweetness on the nose. Not much else. Not very hoppy. No, just I think just the malty and sweet on the nose. Mm. Oh no, there's of... a little hint of hops right at the, like if you almost put your nose in it. Teensy bit of that bitter. Yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly. Let's see what this bad boy. I mean, it's it's a beautiful color. Mm. Yeah, I like it. It's um, it's, it's very chorus. Because under- like- it's very, it seems very understated. Mm-hmm. It seems it seems very. It is. It's nice. It's nice beer. It's really good taste, but it kind of doesn't jump out at you as I kind of expected it to, really. Yeah, what I was going to say is it, it it's very much the beer it smells like. Yes, yes. yeah. Um, and, and that nose wasn't very strong. It was just clearly sort of malty and a bit sweet and a touch of bitter. Here you're getting um, more depth in the sort of bitter and sweet. Mm, mm. Um, and actually, the sweet is more understated in the taste than I think the nose. But the bitterness, you can taste. You can taste that there's some 
some interesting hops in there. It's not just sort of a malted barley based drink. It's not like mead, right? Like, there's all, there's yeah, completely. Very much an, completely. An ale. It said it was slightly spiced, didn't it? And it's it's that that um, the rye that kind of gives it that spiciness, and you do get that it kind of sit just above it, and you might not get it when it first sort of at the start of the taste, but sort of more towards the end it kind of builds and you've kind of got quite a long aftertaste with this one as well yeah. it's not it's not too dry it hasn't disappeared that very quickly but that spiciness kind of sits with you a little bit and i can feel it sort of on the on my tongue mm-hmm. it's just it's just a very uh, just a nice flavor to sort of have as that as that um yeah i totally agree i think um taking a larger i took a larger sip and i got mm. that experience in much much Better. It's definitely not a, a small sip beer, I, I, I think. Definitely not, definitely. You don't... I think that's the, the problem when I said it was very understated. The, the, the first sip I had was quite small, so you're not experiencing the full flavour of it when you have quite a light sort of sip yeah. of it, which I think we always do when we first try a beer. You sort of take a, a little sip just to kind of get the, the initial kind of flavours from it and see what it's like, but actually this beer, as you say, is much better when you have a bigger gulp yeah. of it i suppose i just say with an ipa uh you know your, your bog standard approach crap your bog standard craft brew ipa what have i turned into <laughs> um a little sip tells you a lot and allows you to sort of dissect it but with this type of beer it's um it it, it leads you down a false path it, it's totally a different beer once you have a you know it hitting all parts of your mouth at the same time rather than sort of on a route as if i yeah. swish it or something um, uh, have you managed to play any games? I have played a few games. Um, not a huge amount. I played some of um, the Steep Beta, um, but we're possibly oh, going to do game, uh, right. <laughs> that one exactly. No, it's the giant, giant mountain simulator um, that lets you throw yourself down it as much as you like. <laughs> the mountain simulator. Um, it, it, it's it, uh, we're going to talk I'm about gonna it, rock, and I'm going to get more rock, <laughs> a conifer just there. Um, we're going to hopefully talk about it a bit more with a few of the other people from the Out of Lies Network um, as an on the test episode. So I won't go into it um, here. Um, but I've been because it's been open this this entire weekend. I've been jumping in between that and um, Enter the Gungeon, a game I picked up several weeks ago now, uh, alongside Rod's Gone to the Rapture in a PSN sale. Um, it's, it's it's hard, man. Enter the Gungeon is a hard fucking game. Uh, it is a kind of dungeon crawler, um, bullet hell shooter. Um, you are in sort of a, an almost a top-down view. You've got a little sort of pixelated character. And you're running around using the um, left stick to run and the right stick to to shoot uh, or to aim in the direction that you want to shoot and R1 to shoot, perhaps. Anyway, you travel through these dungeons and you have to make your way through the different levels of a dungeon. I think there's five levels in a dungeon and these dungeons are randomly generated each time. And I've only ever made it to level two. You, you, you make your way through a series of rooms fighting... Um, enemies along the way and i get onto what those are in a second uh, and you, you basically go to a boss you have to fight the boss to move down through the dungeon um the the fun part about everybody's come to the gungeon is that everything is gun and bullet based so you get some absolutely absurd weapons which you can just come across also you know you know said everybody's gone to the gungeon <laughs> 
I, I really tried not to say it, but I was like, no, you'll appreciate this too much. No, it's, that's good. That's good. You can see how much sleep I've had this weekend. Obviously, just up all night playing steep. That's what it's been. But uh, it's 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 fun in the fact that it's it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Uh, the guns are fun. All of the enemies, or most of the enemies, are styled after bullets. So the the first thing, the enemies that you encounter would just be a little bullet with a face on. He's got a couple, he's got some arms and legs, and he'll run around with a pistol. And then suddenly you move into the next room and you come across um, a shotgun cartridge with a face on, with arms and legs, and he's toting a shotgun around. So the enemies kind of are styled after the weapon that they use. Uh, a little further on into a couple of rooms later, you kind of come across you know, other enemies. You get a little bullet, a tiny little blue bullet with some bat wings, and that will shoot at you very quickly. Uh, and different sort of enemies like this. It kind of falls a little bit flat because... As you make your way through and you start to encounter harder enemies, they seem to become a little less bullet and weapon orientated. I've just come across this giant, like, knight-looking character. It doesn't really look like he's got a giant sword and he hammers the sword onto the ground and bullets fly everywhere. But he doesn't really look like, really style on a, any kind of bullet or ammunition that I can pick up on. He might be, and it might be in there, all of their you know, notes and stuff that they've got. It's, it's, it's gradually generated from that, but you know, the end product kind of doesn't fit. So it kind of tapers out a little bit in that regard, but it's, it, you kind of forgive it because it is a fun game and you're constantly trying to dodge between you know, score of bullets coming towards you and then get off a couple of shots and running about the small room that you're in trying to kill these mobs before you can move on to the next one. Um, but as I said, it's hard. It's so hard. I've come up across the first boss and because it's randomly generated this changes quite a lot and i think i've fought four different bosses now um but but i'm not finding the bosses the hardest part of it because they kind of get into a pattern of what they're going to do and you can kind of predict a little bit of how to navigate the absurd amount of bullets that are flying towards you it's actually when i'm trying to deal with maybe four five you know sometimes six enemies that you get in right. a room and when suddenly you've got a shotgun spray coming towards you you've got this little bat character zipping as fast as possible towards you you've got something else over on your left hand side which is almost like a mage which fires homing sort of bullets towards you and things that it, it gets so frantic in one of these rooms that you dodge out of the way straight into another bullet right you it's the help part the bullet help part exactly exactly and it's it's very difficult but it's it's got that quick restart button as well, though. So, you know, something which like Hotline Miami. Favorite. Yeah, exactly. Something like Hotline Miami, which is a small level. If you die, you hit that button and you repeat, and it's quite quick to go through. Enter the Gungeon's a little bit slower in that the it's kind of got that roguelike element. You know, once you die, you have to start completely again, irrelevant of which level you've got through to. So you can get through to level three, dead. Yeah, start again. But it's got that quick restart button, so as soon as you die, you can just jump straight back into it. Um, it's got a variety of characters that you can pick to choose. Um, who you to run through them the, the way? Is that kind of... No, shit? no, it, it, um, it opened up with all of them. Um, but you, I, I believe you unlock guns along the way. So all of them start off with a, a, a star weapon, and it's normally a pistol of some kind. And you will very quickly pick up another weapon as you go through. But 
there are elements of like a shop and every time you kill a boss you get tokens and you can visit the shop to unlock weapons rather than starting with them they will then be randomly placed within the dungeon so you then have to natively encounter them as you're moving through the the dungeon you're you're buying drop variety you're not buying yeah completely yeah completely um yeah some of the weapons are fucking ridiculous you you can pick up the um nes light gun and that fires um a couple of sort of laser shots and just as it's about to reload it will fire a duck and that will fly towards a couple of enemies and dependent on the angle that you fired it at it might hit two enemies and then do a little you know die in a tiny little explosion to take one out um so i mean it's got such a variety of, of guns and stuff that it's it's going to be different every time i I've got through to a boss and just been loaded with maybe three guns with um, a, hemi da- a heavy damage modifier and just blitzed through the, the boss. The next right. time I've run through the dungeon, I've encountered one weapon, no modifiers. So I've just got my starter weapon and maybe a magnum. And I've got to the same boss and just found it so much more difficult because you don't have the, you know, it's very easy rather than reloading just to switch to the next weapon. And yeah just continue to to you know shoot at the enemy but if you've only got one or two weapons you've got that slower reload speed and the starter weapons aren't very good so if you roll into a boss with just your starting weapon it's going to take you some time you're really going to have to get into the pattern of what that boss is doing and concentrate a lot more on dodging and getting out of the way of bullets and taking shots as and when they come up whereas you go in with five weapons you get in there, you blast them just continuously and try and dodge and blast and dodge and blast. And you, you basically run through the game in a slightly different way based on what weapons you've got. But it's fun. It's it's definitely a game that will will sit alongside a much bigger release. And I can I know that I can jump into it for five minutes. And I'm going to die. I'm not very good at it. I'm going to die quite quickly. And it's going to be something that I'm going to play for five, ten minutes at a time. Uh, but it's just a nice change of pace to a lot of the other bigger games that sort of we're playing at the moment. So... Especially because it sort of seems like it sits in that space of your sidecar game, if you will. Yeah. I know it totally varies, but on average you're saying like 5-10 minutes a a try? Or are you saying you'll probably play enough tries that fill up 5-10 minutes? No, I think I'm, I'm... I think I find that I don't really use the... I do use the quick restart button. Actually, I'll play a couple of rooms and then think, no, I... I'll, I'll stop playing. I'll go and play something else. Um, uh, and five ten minutes is normally just one run through for me, uh, okay. dependent on how far I get through it, whether I get down to, to level you know two or not, um, or get to the. I think I maybe twice out of the tens of times that I played it, have I got down through to the second boss um, and ultimately died on the second boss. But normally I'll die halfway through the second level. Um, it's it's not often now that I don't complete the first stage which which depends does depend massively on what's been yeah it depends what's been generated as well Uh, i've I've gone through and the the first dungeon or first stage has been i don't know six rooms whereas sometimes it generates 10 rooms and not all of them have enemies in one room will just be a chest and if you've got a key you can unlock it and it'll give you a gun or a modifier or some kind of unlock um but sometimes you get giant rooms with tens of enemies in and you'll clear one wave of say six enemies 
and suddenly another four enemies a slightly harder will pop up as well so it's right. a slightly more difficult room and i think it's not the rooms that you know they're not consistent in the number of rooms but it's the enemies i think which are a little more consistent in how many um, are generated so it's it's it, you're, you're almost getting the same kind of experience within a first dungeon but it comes in a different form almost you know you might have a room with more enemies in rather than more rooms with less enemies in if you get what i mean it's, so it's it's good it gives you enough variety that i'm going to keep going back and, and playing it so awesome yeah and you yeah. got it on um a psn sale um the, pre- the one before the halloween sale is that right yeah the one just before the halloween sale this was the one that we were talking about last time where a load of the games had already um, been on um, PS Plus, yeah, and then I, I pick up um, Enter the Rapture. No, eh, fuck's sake! Why are those two so easy? Because they both begin with E. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. I picked up, and then the following month, this month, it's been the free game on um, PlayStation Plus. So I assume Enter the Gungeon may come up yeah. at some point as a PS Plus game. Uh, so to be honest, bit, you're, you're so positive about it. I'm, I'm now. Um Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm hoping that you are, you're you're correct, and you're correct sooner rather than later. Yeah, 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 fair. So, what have you been playing this week? Uh, having a busy weekend, I don't imagine you've had a huge amount of time to, to play much. Oh, that would assume that during the week I work on the thing no, I'm no, supposed no. to work on. Oh, uh, yes. No, I, I didn't play as much. I think um, we, we had our, everyone knows what game I'm about to say, blah, blah. I'm actually not even going to say it, because when we say it, we end up talking about it. You do. Um, that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also actually started two old games that have been on my list, based uh, two franchises that have been on my list, and um, we've talked a little bit before about if, if it's a big franchise, do you just start at the first game? Mm-hmm. Actually, three. Uh, although I haven't touched... So I, I, I did start a couple weeks back, but I didn't talk about it, Killzone 1 on PS Now. Right. Yeah, and it's awful, clunky, <laughs> um, and really and brown. So, yeah, and I didn't even think of the Killzone series until I got the, which I did. I think I did talk about um, with one of the episodes with uh, with Lucy on it. The um, the Vita Killzone game is really fun oh, yes. and really responsive, yeah, yeah. right? And so that's why it's like, oh, I should like it. That one's assuming I know a lot about a universe I don't. Mm. Uh, plus on PS Plus, I think we have we got at some point the more recent one. I can't. Remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. I missed that. If we did, or, or or possibly it was also on PS Now. Um, uh, is that uh, the 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 most recent one? Is um, Killzone Shadowfall, which yeah, was a release title, I think, with the PlayStation yeah. Four. Yeah, so it's probably on PS Now. But um, and uh, anyway, uh, Killzone One, meh. Um, but the re we talked. Oh, we've talked about uh, sort of my bad compulsion of wanting to start series, um, sort of do the whole thing, like, and that's why I never actually have caught up on Assassin's Creed, except for yeah, a yeah. little bit of four on other people's computers and my one install uh, briefly, but I really liked it, but I still didn't finish all the ones before it, so I never reinstalled it, and that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that problem. So I'm skipping Killzone 1 because I'm growing as a person. Um, but That's I good. also started um, a, a small game called Uncharted. Ooh. Because I've never played an Uncharted game. 
properly. Like I've played, like I've sat down at people's games and like fucked about, but I've never actually finished. Yep, yep. Um, which I can't, I'm pretty sure I mentioned when I bought the PS4 that I got the remastered collection. Yes. That's, you'll not be surprised to hear in storage in Canada. So PS Now and now I just decided I actually kind of feel like a platformer game. So you're not playing the remastered versions. You're playing no. the PlayStation 3 versions on PlayStation Now. Yeah, and I can see why people were really chuffed about remastered versions given that people said that the actual control scheme is different because one of my problems I have with Killzone is the same thing I have with um, uh, Uncharted is it uses the shoulder buttons as a shoot and that's so awkward Mm -hmm. especially because like I am not a console gamer until this Basically, within 365 days, I think, I'm still in that period. And and now it's like, so, I'm already having trouble. Like, I already, if I, like, play Destiny uh, in the day and then switch to Battlefield for you, I guarantee you I'll have a messier than even I'm <laughs> messy at yeah, match man. before I could get used to the sort of um, the parallel, not offset um, controller. Yep. And now it's like, but, like, I didn't realize I had to. I I would have to. I ne- not just rely on left trigger, right trigger as my generics because those feel very similar in both controllers. And it's like, oh god mm-hmm. damn it. Um, it's also it's just feels uh, given that they're your primary buttons for the most part. Like it, it just it makes you more likely to cramp up. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, your your, your forefinger and your um thumb are. Uh, Forefinger, index finger, and your thumb are a lot closer together when you're trying to do that. Because yeah. oh shit, because uh, I, I with the PlayStation, with the DS4, with the DS3 as well, with all the PlayStation controllers, I've never really held it. So my thumbs are on the analogs and on the on the face buttons, and I've never used my middle finger and index finger on the uh, you know on the R1, R2 sort of configuration. I've not oh, I don't like, sort of play like, like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like a. A tiny little claw, almost. Um, I, I sort of switch, and my index fingers tap all four of those sort of top buttons and, and more than well. anything. Yeah, um, yeah. And I actually, especially on the DS4, I find it very hard to do the claw. Yes. Um, and and uh, certain games, I've just been like, oh, I kind of sometimes need to hit like L1 or R1 really quickly or together, and that's just so awkward. It just it makes mm, you feel mm. really unstable because you're, I don't know. It's just, and of course, th- those games were before you could. Yeah. So again, as a PC gamer, if you put the time <laughs> in, you fucking remap all of the things to what you want. And I'm like, oh, controls. I'll just pick, invert the sticks or not invert the sticks. Really, that's all I can do. Really. Ah. Mm, mm. uh, so that's been uh, a lesson in console history that um, every other listener is like, you're an idiot, deal. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, we all went through that. How are you bitching about Uncharted 1 and the hey. shoulder buttons in 2016? How? This is how. At least now you've experienced that and you know what everybody else is moaning about. I, I remember those days and you, you sort of knew no different until suddenly games which didn't use that, like Call of Duty and stuff, which you then jump into, you know, Modern Warfare 4, and you think, uh, sorry, uh, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, when you jump into that game and suddenly you think, this is so much better. 
why isn't this how every game does it after playing Killzone and, and well, Uncharted? So, so. And Go on. I was going to say you you can as with Killzone, uh, as with as with Killzone, you can probably skip Uncharted and go straight to the second game because it yeah. is a much better game than the than the first. Um, it, I suppose, it, it depends. If you thought that you were going to play all of them in quite quick succession, then it's fine to play just bang through the story to see what happens to experience that because it's quite well written. Well, that's I think the thing it, is, I'm a narrative guy at the end, and so, um, yeah. so one of the things like Hitman games, you don't need to play in order. Yes, yes, completely. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Uncharted almost sort of went under the radar a little bit. I didn't see... It wasn't promoted a huge amount. We we picked it up when it was a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months after it was released, just sort of on a whim. Mm-hmm. Almost like, oh, what's this? I've never heard of this before. Let's try it out. It kind of seems a little bit Tomb Raider-y. Yeah, well, yeah. why not? Let's, let's, let's try this. But the second game and the third game were, were like, key titles for, yeah. for PlayStation afterwards. They were really pushed. They were huge. And, you know, not just because they are... You know, both better than than Uncharted. Um, I suppose they then saw a, a sort of much more mascot character in a time when mascot characters didn't really kind of exist. You know, Xbox had Master Chief. Yeah. PlayStation kind of at that time didn't have anything to kind of you know, Hellgast guy one. Yeah. Yeah. So they needed something, and and Nathan Drake kind of fit that mold. So I think they were pushed a little bit more. But yeah, Uncharted two, much better than Uncharted. Fair enough. That's good to know. Did you get a chance to poke at the remastered versions? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. I have seen they're currently they're on sale on PSN at the moment. Oh. Um, I think the entire collection is about sixteen, seventeen pounds, perhaps. By that you um, mean the three, not the four. Yes, right? the three, the three, not Uncharted Four. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed. I've got some credit for PSN. And I was. Well, they've got a big sale on at the moment, and they keep having rolling titles, so oh, new games are added. Um, and I'm not sure how long that lasts for. I think it's only another week. Oh, it's and then the 10th it's, anniversary of PSN? Yeah, and then it's all finishing in about a week's time. Um, so I've got I some money waiting. Now I'm looking. <laughs> Stop looking. Stop looking. Right, second beer of the episode is the Buxton Brewery Guatemalan Coffee Extra Porter, 7.4%. In volume, it's a combination. A combination? No, that's not right. It's a collaboration beer between Buxton Brewery and Has Been Coffee. Not a coffee people that I've heard of before. No, me, me neither. Uh, although I um, suspect it's a small uh, roastery, probably. Now, I was going to sound weird, but probably in Buxton? Mm, quite possibly. Um, unless they've gone out to, you know, Ye old grand capital. Oh, the grand capital. Is it cacao? Yeah. It is cacao. The way it was. Um, right. What did you, sorry, what did you get? Oh, what didn't you Sanford. get? Sorry? Uh, apparently, Saford. Saford? Yeah. Oh, has been, has been yes. coffee. So it, it says it's a rich, smooth porter. Brewed with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and a naturally processed Guatemalan bourbon coffee, roasted at has been with help from Buxton Brewery. That's a large sentence. Yes, I needed a break somewhere. 
but it gave me none. Gave me one slight break. Right, with my glass. That is a thick liquid. You get a good nose straight as uh, as soon as you open it. Mm-hmm. Almost purpley. Wow. That is, that's very viscous, and you can, it's it's the head that kind of gives it that, as you say, purpley kind of uh, yeah, cause colour. It's not it's, sort of, a, a, it's not a, you know, with a stout you get more of a creamy head, and with porters they are slightly purpler in colour, occasionally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely um, a brown, orangey uh, head, which on top of, the, like you said, the, the dark just kind of makes it all... Yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's very, very much uh, an opaque beer, although you can see uh, some bubbles on the side, which leads me to believe that it's not like it's not just it's mostly just dark rather than opaque. Mm, mm. I mean, it's it's yeah, it is really dark. It's it's almost black, isn't it? It's in the light that I'm sat in, it's very black. So it smells really nice. Mm-hmm. You can smell that kind of roasted flavour straight off. And also a little bit of, um, I want to say berries. Hmm. Maybe just that the sweetness is... Um... Could Yeah, yeah, that could be it. It could be the sweetness of the, the, the porter as such that's, that's coming through that's giving you that kind of nose. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's velvety. Ooh, that's tasty. That's um, not quite the end of the finish, but most of it. The is finish that. is really nice, and to, as you say, until you get to the end, at the end, it's almost like slightly cold, you know, sort of twenty-minute-old coffee. I was just going to say, but then that, like, luckily that fades, and you have a more traditional, bitter, a little malty sweetness. And that's what sort of lingers on your tongue for the following mm. almost 20 seconds. You definitely, at the back of the tongue, get that sort of coffee bean taste as well, don't you? It's not, it's not a coffee flavour. It, it is almost like a coffee bean kind of, yeah. kind of flavour. But that's the, the start. The, the four and the mid are really nice on this. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of that, that right at the finish, that just lets it down very slightly, I think. I think I'm not really a fan of cold coffee ah. and that I mean you know the, you do get the coffee the whole way through but there's other flavors that are coming through that sweetness and stuff comes through right at the start mm, so it, it just it changes the the flavor towards the end and you're just getting more of that that coffee because that sweetness disappears quite quickly um, it's it's kind of it's it's a little dry and I think I would take my time drinking this if not for the for the end flavour, like I, I want to drink another sip to have that sweeter flavour left mm. in my mouth, which obviously it's not going to do because every time I have a sip, I'm going to be left with this slightly more you know, colder coffee kind of kind of finish. Now, it, the I find the finish actually much better than that just before finish strong coffee taste. Yeah, yeah. So I think nursing it's probably not. Um, going to be as big of an issue for for my taste buds. Uh, um, but like you said, it's it's less for me. It's less the um, the dissatisfaction with the finish and more like that first hit, that velvety feeling of the liquid, and then like you said, that sort of bundle of flavors playing around in your mouth. I, I think is the best part of this beer. 
And, yeah, um, yeah, and definitely. I, I just, although I don't normally drink this type of beer quickly, I could see myself being like, I don't think I want to taste that again throughout the next, you know, 10 minutes and suddenly find out I have no beer left. But we shall see. Yes, and I think it's it's a little bit dangerous to drink it quite fast because it is a 7.4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've we've had bigger beers which we've drunk probably just as quickly but um could be dangerous right i have a question to pose as our topic for the um, for the show um the division is a game that came out this year which i really enjoyed but Statement. fell off from playing quite quickly um they have just announced that they are going to be releasing a survival mode now, this is going to be, I believe, an instanced mode, which is set, obviously, within New York, but it's a snowstorm um, that's hit the city, and you have to survive, basically. And there's, um, you know, they're bringing in elements such as um, heat meters, so you've got to try and stay warm, whether that happens through different clothing options or getting inside buildings rather than being outside all of the time and stuff. And the, this kind of these survival elements that we get in a lot of games at the moment, but keeping the core mechanics of what the division is a third person cover based shooter essentially. Right. So it's something that really interests me and it's probably something that I will go back to the division just to experience um, because I I enjoy games like that, but it got me thinking what other games or what, what firstly, what game would you want a different mode for? What game do you almost want to see sort of repurposed, have something else put in it? Hmm. Um, it's a, it's a difficult question. I've been racking my brain on it, and as as I sort of as I've been thinking about it, I kind of think, oh, I, I kind of like this. No, that that game kind of already exists, actually. Or I kind of like this. No, that that game could does you, already exist. Could you give me um, an example? An, an example would be Red Dead having mm-hmm. um, a zombie mode. Right. I know kept the core game mechanics, but changed it up quite a lot with different enemy types. It changed the setting very slightly by making it sort of nighttime and a little bit more spooky and atmospheric and changing the enemy types that came towards you. You could still do a lot of the same things that were in the game. Uh, the other big, the really big example that I picked up on, which um, which just made me sort of put my hand to my face when I thought about it, was uh, DayZ having you know the base game of something like Armour 2, Armour 3, right. and then having this modified version of the game. Again, zombies, but it brings in a lot of survival elements. You've got to eat, you've got to drink, you've got to keep warm. Um, and that it, it kind of it's really made me rack my brain this question. So have you got any have you got any thoughts? Uh, I have a couple that? of thoughts, which are uh, survival mode is is a is a really well survival games are sort of a, this huge industry now. But um, yeah, uh, at EGX I played Tomb Raider, uh, the, the Tomb Raider survival mode that's available on the yes, PlayStation. Yes, yeah. Um, that's Tomb Raider Rise of Rise Rise, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Raider. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of fun, and you, I played it with uh, with uh, Ross, and uh, we, you know, except for stupid things like we both are Lara, but see each other as the other person, and, and yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really fun, and you know, it, you had to eat, and you had to stay warm, mm-hmm. and uh, that, talking about that reminded me that um, there's the Frostfall mod for Skyrim that does basically yeah. the same thing, and then, then I realized, oh yeah, this is one of the reasons why I love PC gaming. Because what you're saying is sort of studio-blessed modding. Essentially yeah, yeah, what Division essentially. is. Yeah. Uh, the, the new Division DLC is like a not quite total conversion mod, but like a, a, a fairly large mod to the game because it's sort of 
using the assets, but not in the core game. And I, I feel like yeah. um, that's a thing that we, because modding up until maybe like very recently hasn't been available on console, the only option for a game like The Division, which I believe sold a lot more on console mm. um, for this type of thing, is hoping that uh, the developer thinks up the same cool thing. Now, out of curiosity, uh, with The Division, I uh, liked it a lot, but again, fell off fairly quickly, mostly because uh, I didn't have anyone to play with. Yeah, um, you, you struggled with that on PC, didn't you? There wasn't yeah, a, a massive one, sort of... One of my oldest friends, uh, he, he has it, but he lives in Australia. Ah. But we only got to play a couple times, and he had already sort of finished most of the game, and then I had all the house moving. But yes, now I have yeah. a computer that can play it again, set up-ish, so it's tempting, because I actually bought the season pass, or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Because I liked it a lot in those first little that first little while, and uh, mm. there was, I think, a sale, or maybe it was, I, I justified it because I saved so much money using keys, that yes. like a month yeah, later, right. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give them some, you know, I'll, I'll buy the season pass. Um, so I'm definitely going to give it a go. Again, it's just, can I wrangle up people? Mm. Now, my web for potential PC gamers is a little wider now, so perhaps someone else has it. The other option, of course, is hoping that it, there's a blowout sale on uh, PS4 or something. I know that it, it is on sale at the moment, actually, on, on PSN, but I don't think it's quite the discounted price that you would expect it to be. You might be able to find it cheaper in a, in a second-hand, sort of, you know, physically. Yeah, um, that's probably true. And then it's just a question of buying the rights to the appropriate content. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think from um, the, the couple of articles I read about this survival mode for The Vision... They didn't know how it was being um, released, whether it was part of the season pass, whether it was right. going to be a free update, or whether it was a, a new paid-for um, expansion as such. So, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully get some more details, but I don't think it's coming until next year. Boss. Um, oh, really? Um, according to ooh, ooh, this machine... News! News! It, uh, well, first of all... Narrative experience walking simulators. <laughs> well done. Um, and now I have to double check because this one, one website uh, said one thing and the other said the other. While, while I pretend like Com I have the news at my hand and I'm not conflicting, gra grasping for straws, um, the one thing that um, I do think is interesting is uh, the <clears throat> excuse me is the fact that uh, there's going to be a PVE or PvP option. Huh? Um, yes, that is. MS Power User, 17 hours ago, made the claim that Division Survival DLC will come to Xbox One and PC Ooh. November 22nd. Next week. Really? Apparently. Wow. Okay. Um, That's it's already running in the public test server, which actually means uh, I can actually try it out. Because nice. um, that's cool. The one of the things they emailed me in the past month or so was like, "Hey, on rather yeah, I got a notification, and sure enough, on my Ubisoft, U Ubisoft, you play nonsense crap." Yeah, yeah. Um, a new icon talk, uh, popped up that was a uh, division PTS. So, um, there's they they opened up the server and smartly, I think, given that there's mm. sort of a lot. Of, this is actually something people are interested in. 
just put it in your library. Nice, like that's cool. Reversal of the um, betas cluttering your thing up in your PS library. Yeah, yeah, very much. So whilst you're looking at that, I think in terms of the the question posed, I always sort of come back to the idea that I'd really like a, almost like a space cowboy kind of game, like a, you know, like a bounty hunter-esque type mode for a game. But you've got lots of games like EVE Online and stuff like that, which, you know, kind of allow that to, to happen in certain aspects. And there's not really any games that I can think of apart from something like Mass Effect, which already have that kind of aesthetic, but right. which would just put another element into it, which would just allow you a slightly different way to play the game. Um, you know, oh, like, Mass like, Effect now. Like it's, a it's, Firefly mod for Mass Effect kind of. Kind almost, of really. yeah, yeah, almost. Um, but there's not really a, a base game for me to push my idea on at the moment until maybe Mass Effect Andromeda comes out um, and we sort of know a little bit more about what you're doing in that for um, them to then insert what I want them to. You, you know what they could do? I, I just had this this great thought when you mentioned space games. I wouldn't mind uh, if they put a narrative in No Man's mm. Sky. Oh! <laughs> Shots fired across the nice. bow. Nice. Oh, I couldn't resist. Yeah, I think I like the... I, 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 I think... Um, Right, let me try that again. Open world games do sort of lend themselves to the idea of slapping something on, um, which is a unique. Like, hence why I think, like, I went immediately to like Skyrim mods. Yes, you know? yeah. Similarly, with um, the survival modes of stuff, they always work better in in open worlds, right? That, that that's the yeah, completely of survival yeah. survival sandbox essentially. Yeah. Uh, with the division, it's an open world that they're again survival sandboxing, and I'm wondering if that's telling why we're struggling because it's it's like well we think of other games and they're concrete more concrete entities, and so it's more difficult to be like oh yeah I'd like a blank oh yes yeah I'd like to see um, more Minecraft in Red Dead Redemption. I'd like to be able to do a lot of mining and using redstone. I'd like to be able to build a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! No, I know it. I would like to see one. Uh, I would like to see Hill Valley mm. in uh, the new Red Dead Redemption, and including um, interacting with uh, Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Yeah, just to make sure they are there at that time. Yeah, yeah. so you find the you train can, and, and, and yeah, you and can get you the can, train. Like, yeah, throw Marty out, and then you travel up forward in time, and you find out that oh no, Biff had the almanac. So suddenly you're in, <laughs> you know. Biff World, which is basically the seedier parts of GTA Five, with some Saints Row Four slapped in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just throw a load Ooh. of games into a big pot now and just mix them all together and just take the best elements of each of them. I'd actually love to see, which is hilarious because I made fun of Mass Effect Andromeda for doing this. I'd like to see um, a more cohesive universe across. Games. Kind of okay. Like the MCU. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be time travel and, and like stuff, but it would be interesting if like even just sort of nods to where like the GTA Five universe's nineteen sixties is Mafia Three kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But but more more narrative focused. So for example, like you could have your mining like space engineer type game in the same 
um, world is Mass Effect Andromeda, which I'm assuming has some shooty shooty, jumpy jumpy elements. Mm. Planet scanning for resources. Yeah. Is, but is like, kind of like how Eve has now what Eve Valkyrie Eve. Uh, had had Dust three one four, which was a first person shooter as oh, well. Oh yeah, that's gone now, right? Yeah, which is gone now. Which is gone. Um, uh, Amplitude Studios do this quite well with their Endless games. Yes. Um, Endless Space Legend and Dungeon of the Endless are all within one shared universe. Um, and I believe listening to another podcast where they were chatting with one of the creative directors from Amplitude, um, the podcast I was listening to escapes me, but. He was saying that in Endless Space 2, which they're developing at the moment, you can go to Olgaria, which Olgaria, which is the planet that Endless Legend is set on. Oh. So that actually is part of you know the the universe within Endless Space and can be interacted with and stuff. And and certain factions and and uh, races do move through these games as well. So you do have things that that you know last across this this shared universe of games and the currency of dust and stuff like that sort of right. does just go through and i think that's really good i really uh, like that idea and as, as you said it would be cool to see that a lot more in in other games but do you think maybe as a, as a final point do you think that kind of ties people's hands a little bit maybe well i think hmm. no i don't because if you want to do a thing that doesn't make sense in that universe's lore you don't have to make something in that universe Sure. I think, uh, and so, I guess what I'm thinking of is much more um, closer ties. Uh, for example, like 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 having um, a, a politics sim affect the the city that you're you know a cop in or whatever. Like having okay, yeah 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 like like a really sort of um, a meta MMO kind of experience where and part of it might be you know that um. Just like pod racing is a big uh, part of the, the the world, and so the the racing is done there. And like, yeah, you and you could, um, you know, if you're traveling between planets, uh, you know, to do your generic non-fighty stuff. If the pirates come and attack you, then hopefully there's a soldier on board. Sort of getting that um, universe immersion via having multiple threads of the world handled by multiple games because we're not in this magic supercomputer world. But but then being able to, like, kind of live in the same universe and try, like, oh, I'm in kind of in the mood to do this. Well, I'll hop on my this game where I'm this guy. So kind yeah, of yeah. not versus, like, the GTA Five thing where they take, like, a shard of the world and they try and add all of the activities, sort of invert that, say, and have them you know, exchange data, but you, you can't just sort of get out of your car and start shooting necessarily because then you can be, you know, you can have really good quality games. And also if you're not part of the other ones, that's fine, right? It's just the yeah, game. Yeah, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, good yeah. idea, good idea. You've, you've got that standalone experience, but you can experience, you know, the much wider universe if you want to. Um, listeners, do you have any games that you want to see things rammed down into them to experience something slightly different? Do you have a couple of games that you want to merge together, maybe? Or any you know franchises that you'd like to see an expanded universe on if you do you can get us on twitter at tanked up underscore cast um you can also email us tanked up dot tanked up cast at oh. gmail.com yeah dots i was are, almost there i was kind of dots don't actually mean anything in exactly email addresses you were there. Then i say it and then i correct myself and then i think no should i put it in maybe um if you want to talk directly to me i'm nova underscore 47 adel is at the 
Omniarch on Twitter and all of the things I've stolen your words, sir. Um, beers. Which beer did you prefer? Um, so um, we had the Red Star Rye, good chemistry brewing. Um, actually, uh, whilst I was thinking about that beer, actually, I thought that maybe it was kind of a little bit more um, akin to something like a gem, but a little bit more spiced. It, it kind yes. of is in with is within that kind of wheelhouse. Um, nice tasting, but kind of. Just, um, just okay. I think not. Didn't sort of stand out. Didn't hit me. Um, unlike um, this Buxton Brewery, which I really like. Yeah, I, I would say. I would say the 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 rye red IPA was a really tasty red beer. I, it yeah. was unique in in that you could sort of see what the rye was doing, and like you said, there were those spices. But in the end, it might just be a fault of me not being a huge fan of the type. I don't think mm. the IPA-ness really did much with the redness, does much with the redness. It tends to just yeah, sort of yeah, completely. middle yeah. of the road, both of those sort of sides, factors. Yeah. Well, this is super unique completely. in a lot of ways. You have that coffee in it, um, which you definitely taste, but sort of only at the one spot versus like an espresso stout, which you can, you've had, which um, is, is very much that coffee chocolatey taste all throughout. And honestly, this um, that velvety texture that you get right when you you uh, first uh, it first hits your mouth is is yep. really really excellent and not easy to find in a beer. So I'm, I'm going to yeah, go ahead and say that this is our beer of the week. Nice, nice, definitely. Um, to finish, we set a competition several weeks ago, and we said I think last episode that that would be the deadline and when we would reveal the winners. But we're going to do that next week. Yes, I was going to say one more week. And that's because we're feeling generous. And just to let you know, if you're sitting on your laurels, we do have entries. So there will be a winner. There will or... definitely be a winner. There, there, there probably will be a runner-up as well. Hmm. In which case, we will split the game key in half, Solomon style. <laughs> you get the first six digits, they get the next six digits. And we won't tell you who the other person is, so there's no way you can... <laughs> Captain Planet your way to games. Exactly. We won't release it over air. We'll just privately message them the digits and say, here you go, now yeah. find the other person. Fight them for the rest. Although we do have a Facebook page they could probably meet themselves on. Oh, that's very true. We do. What is that? Just tacked up cast, isn't it? I believe. You just you would do a Facebook majigger search. I'm sure you could find it. Um, nice. And don't forget to add us on all of the things. And we'll talk to you guys good for another week we've been tanked up take it easy take it easy tanked up take it easy oh we're the tanked up take it easy cast we're the follow-up like um oh chilled hour um what's the game of thrones one that they did um after game of thrones chris hardwick was the host oh i don't know talking dead yeah that's the one i I said game of thrones i meant walking dead (laughs) bye (laughs) ciao is going on why are you so quiet i don't know machine machine oh maybe because you're angry because vmware is open because Ah. could be that i can hear i can hear myself i'm not coming through your headphones that would explain why you're quiet because i have headphones on
try to find um, someone there. The, the 